This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, of course, the sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor, checking in. Good morning, Frank. Hello, Charlie. Good morning, James Patrick Dooley. Or J.P. Dooley. As yeah, yeah. Him. No, I've got I've to readdress this whole thing of <laughs> making this guy famous. I know. Because it's working. Uh, <laughs> much to my chagrin. <laughs> you have uh, power, whether you oh know Oh, my God, I'm telling you. Uh, Niels Lorf Jr. lives out there in Gerard Street East, sent me a neat little note with all sorts of stuff in it. But one of the most important things, I think, in this was, uh, number one, that James Patrick Dooley will answer your call truly. J.P. Dooley is never unruly. Except <laughs> we're going to argue about that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And, but, he, but he puts in a neat little note here. And it was so fortuitous that I received this letter. <laughs> Thank you, Niels. Uh, somebody has stolen my bell. Yeah, I can't no, believe really? I can't believe there's it. There's a bell thief in there's the a, building. Well, there's yeah. Do you know Mike Lyons, who's the? I know. Uh, do you I hear read about the that? Email, yep. Yeah, yeah. Somebody broke into his gumball machine <laughs> and stole some. But and they but they the mounting nut they they Took walked that, away with that. So so Mike is all po'd, and I don't blame him. You know. Either. Oh gosh. But. In this letter, Niels says, why don't you have some wind chimes on it? I think that's an excellent idea. And I think it was to do with the idea of summer. It was to bring on that calm, cool serenity of of a nice summer's day. I think what we'll do is, you know, pretend we're walking out on the veranda. Yes. You know, works. From the or the show. back porch. Yeah. Know, either way. All right. Because you know what? Today is going to be a gorgeous day. Oh, So beautiful. get ready to get outside. It's it's the day. That's exactly true. Unlike tomorrow, where it's supposed to be very mild yeah. but very wet. Rainy. Today Rainy. is a, an amazing day to get outside. And we'll talk about the baseball game uh, a little later. point. That's right here on my list of things to talk about. Okay, Just don't want to say I told you so, but... Uh, okay. I told oh, you so. James and I are in deep doo-doo No, okay. you just missed a chance to make a million bucks, yeah, that's all. Yeah. You guys could be retired right now if you oh, listened to me last geez. week. <laughs> oh, let me give the phone numbers, get this show on the road. If you live in the Toronto area, call 416 or anywhere else uh, in the province, it's toll-free, 
888-528-4740. If you're a first-time caller, let James know, and the wind chimes will, will. sound for you. That's right. Mm. So, And you'll get your wings with the chimes. That's right. Your butterfly wings. Okay, Charlie. Uh, uh, okay, so happening? just in case I left anybody hanging on that last note about how you could be retired and rich right now, <laughs> it's because I did go to the Blue Jays game last Saturday, mm-hmm. and I did tell you all... Yeah, even yeah. you know you and James and everyone that they win when I go. And Every time you go, they win. And I've been going for well since they were first invented the Blue Jays. My brother's a huge fan. He bought in at season ticket level twenty five years ago. Whenever those they started the team, and he always takes me at least once a year. Yeah. And so I've gone to whatever twenty five games, and every time I've gone, they win. Well, is. Just and we, and we should. You, you've said send tickets. Bet fifty <laughs> bucks, but ne- neither James nor I know where to contact a bookie. So I we, think it's triple dot com. Oh, yeah. Says, oh, I'll get my James one. James knows. Yeah, <laughs> he's got. He's in there. Uh, <laughs> That's the where lifestyle we need a he leads. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, okay, some announcements. Back to gardening. Yeah. To, well, let's start the garden show, shall okay, we? Okay, good so, idea. tomorrow <laughs> at 2 o'clock, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting a meeting at the Royal Botanical Gardens Centre, which is located 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, rooms number 3 and 4. Everyone is welcome to attend, no entrance fee. And that's true, basically, with all these societies. The Agent Court Garden Club general monthly meeting is this Monday, the 14th of April, 8 p.m. How to attract birds to your backyard. Uh, They meet at the Knox United Christian Education Center, which is 2575 Midland Avenue in Agent Court. There is a big congratulations in order for the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society. They are celebrating 100 years. That's Wow, that is some, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of history in these garden and hort societies. Um, Many of them are, you know, having anniversaries, but it is so interesting. So 100 years this Wednesday, April the 16th, there'll be a celebration at the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts, and I plan to be there. The um, Ottawa Orchid Society, 32nd annual show and sale featuring international orchid breeders, magnificent orchid displays, thousands of orchid flowers, and outstanding orchid artwork. That's next weekend, April 19th and 20th, which is a good point. Next weekend is Easter Uh and Passover. It's all happening. It always happens together. It's so busy. Uh, So that show is next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, the Kanata Recreation Complex, uh, which is 100 Walter Baker Place in Kanata, just outside Ottawa. T- more information, ottawaorchidsociety.com. And uh, speaking of websites, here's another one, www.tavs, tavs.ca, stands for the Toronto African Violet Society. They are having, I know, you're looking at me like, what? Wow, a flower's got its own. (laughs) Its own website and its own society. Well, orchids do too, don't they? Yes, of course. Oh, they all do. There's a Delphinium Society, a Peony Society. Oh, yeah, they all do. But, you know, these are people that are real keen collectors. Avid gardeners. Yeah, well, and they become, they just have really good luck with a plant, and it becomes a super Wouldn't it be horrible if, if, if you're not a particular fan and you get stuck at a meeting at one of these people? You're like, my God, to be a hell. You know, I'm, <laughs> no, it could be very interesting. You never know. I mean, they might not be talking about... I'm in about, purgatory. <laughs> they might Let me out. not be talking about something that's really uninteresting. You never know. Um, uh, but just to mention, and this is worth putting on your calendar if you are an African violet person, because this is a big African violet convention. Okay. Okay, we're talking keeners from all 
all over the world who are African Violet people meeting at the Weston Prince Hotel, 900 York Mills Road. It is Wednesday the 23rd until the 26th, so I guess that's probably a Saturday. Uh, yeah, and the, um, it's only open to the public on Friday the 25th from 2 to 5 and Saturday the 26th. Uh, both morning and afternoon with a break at 12. So, like I said, T-A-V-S dot C-A for more information. All righty. Like uh, a potato gets a root, we've got a scoot. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what, what the heck is that? <laughs> that, that? That did not work. That sounded so good in my head, and it just came out terribly. Anyway, we have to move along because really? the time, yes. Oh, and, and I what wonder an idea. Why. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all pointing at me. Oh, geez. Okay, so we have to do our little exercises first. And because we are getting out into the sun today to exactly. start raking and start doing yeah. all that work, we've got to get limbered up. Okay. And to limber up requires exercising and stretching, yep. and we're going to do that pain-free. Because you and I yes. have been... Just like clockwork, taking our Sierra Sill on a daily basis, and that keeps our joints working and helps us feel better. So that's sierrasill.ca, or give them a call, one joint 14 Or remember, you can pick up Sierra Sill at many of your local health food stores, including... Um, the, the big carrot there on Danforth. Sorry. She's pointing out the window because you could uh, yeah. think I'm bad. <laughs> we're, we're not there. televised, yeah. okay? We're not televised, Jerry. You know the store over there? S I E R R A S I L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, all of us, the, the happy Troika, are uh, pleased to welcome to the line a buffalo caller, Lois. And she is a first-time caller, so James. Oh, that was, oh that's very that was sweet. very nice. You're welcome. welcome to the show, Lois, with the wind chimes. Good morning. Good morning. Both of you, Charlie, Frank. Thank you. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tribiscus. I know you've talked about this plant before. Yep. And. Um, I didn't have trouble up until now. I brought it in for the winter. Mm -hmm. It was doing fine. But now the leaves are turning yellow and dropping. Mm. And I know they take a lot of water, but not that much. Um, I was wondering what you could tell me to revive it. Okay, a couple of questions. How, uh, How big is the plant? It's very big. In fact, there was three plants. Mm-hmm. I put them all together in a big pot mm-hmm. and brought it in. Okay. And right by the window where the sun is. Perfect. And it was flowering. Certain plants were flowering mm-hmm. a little bit, not that much. Mm-hmm. And But now it's turning yellow and the leaves are falling. 
Yeah. Okay, so I think what's happening is that hibiscus have a very vigorous root system. So yeah. it is possible that the three that you put together in the pot have been vigorously growing roots all winter and now have filled the pot up with quite a lot of root material so there isn't as much soil so that when you water, the water is tending to get either absorbed by the plant or evaporated as the days are getting longer and warmer. And yeah. it, it is a, a, an issue with staying on top of the watering. The other thing is, remember in the spring, hibiscus and many of our plants love to be cut back. So it could just be a case of you've got some older mature leaves that are turning yellow. Meanwhile, new ones are going to start growing and they're going to be a little more attuned to these brighter days and longer, longer days. So <clears throat> what I'd be inclined to do is get out my sharp pruners and cut the whole, cut the whole mass of plant material right back by about a third. Uh, all the way around, unless there's flowers or buds hanging there. You might want to just save those till the flowers happen and then get in there and cut those back as well. Balance the plant out. And once you can get it outside, consider either separating the plants out again into three separate pots or perhaps even getting a bigger pot on wheels that you could uh, keep them all together and just have a little more soil. Oh, that's fine. Okay. That sounds good. Excellent. (laughs) Good luck with that. Thanks for your call, Lois. Yes, thank you. All right, have a great day just across the river there. Here at AM 740, it's the Garden Show on the air, and you can talk to Charlie, uh, as will uh, Sally Ann, uh, calling from her car. Where are you located now, Sally? Oh, and uh, I'm in the car now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I where, live in Glen Williams. Whereabouts are you? Uh, I live in Glen Williams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Glen Williams is just outside of Georgetown. Oh, nice. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's um, I, I'm calling about my daughter-in-law. She inherited a plant from her aunt who passed away. Well, actually, her husband's aunt who passed away. And it was neglected for some time, what with the funeral arrangements and everything. Mm-hmm. And her aunt, as far as she knew, brought that from another country when she was traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and legally or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this plant is very unusual. It has mauve leaves, mauve flowers, or they're actually the leaves are mauve, and they're, they're shaped like a butterfly. Oh my! I've searched in the in the, in the internet and can't find anything to identify them. Have you any idea what that is? Hmm. Butterfly-shaped leaves, but mauve in color. Do they yeah. fold up? Do you know? Have you ever seen those? Um, like like a butterfly wing would come together. Do those leaves fold together? <laughs> hmm. Is there any way you could send me a photograph of that, Sally Ann? Yes, I could. Okay, what a great idea. Let's do that. I'm going to yeah, give you you're my... Doing very, you're doing very poorly, but she's brought it around and it's, it's thriving beautifully now. Yeah, it'd be nice to see a picture of it and identify it. It makes... Very unusual looking. Yeah, it... The other thing I was going to ask you about was that my um, husband got a plant, a chauffeur plant, and it grew into a tree. And there are three stalks on the tree now. And it's quite huge. It reaches the ceiling to cutting the top off. But mm-hmm. the strangest thing is the original branch now is springing a flower. And it's a giant flavera. I've never seen them spring a flower. Yeah, really? No, that does sound unusual. All right, well, that's wonderful, Sally. And listen, why don't you get my email address? Send. I'm going to let you go, and you can get your pencil out and write this down. Take a photograph of that unusual mauve-leaved butterfly-looking type plant. I'd love to see it. And, uh, and then I'll be able to report back to everybody what it is your, your uh, daughter or son have uh, inherited. Right. The, do you want to do my email? Do you know what sure. it is? Sure. It's 
Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. There you go. And you might have picked up on the fact that uh, Sally Ann slipped kind of a second question there. My fault, my fault. Totally. I, I didn't give the mantra this morning, which is call early, call often, one question per call. That way we can get a whole bunch of callers on the air, you see. And we'll get back to our callers, mm-hmm. including Inga from Scarborough, right after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor here advising, if you want to talk to Charlie, by all means, here are the numbers to call, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere else in the province. Hey, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty, and we welcome Inga to the line from Scarborough. Good morning, Inga. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie uh, Devon. I would like to ask what flowers or bushes I could grow uh, with a shade. Uh, like I have under my window. Uh-huh. In the front yard, I have some flowers, and I have a big piece of grass, and I don't want to cut it anymore. And I was thinking maybe to put some flowers there, plant some flowers and bushes. Mm. And then I have a big tree from the city, it's right by the sidewalk. So that, right. that big tree is making a lot of shade. Right. So I was wondering uh, what kind of flowers or bushes or something to take out the grass and maybe... Do- um, plants and flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, that's actually, it's a big question when you ask it like that. I understand, and I think it's true for a lot of us, we're kind of tired of looking after lawns. We want to get rid of that maintenance requirement of the lawns. And uh, by eliminating lawn, we need to fill with something else. And of course, low maintenance flowers or, you know, pathways, rocks, bird baths. I mean, there's all kinds of mm-hmm. neat ways to fill our spaces with, with, it, with not just same old lawn. But for me to provide a design over the radio is a bit tough. I think what I would recommend for you, I mean, there's a couple of ways. You mentioned there's a sunny spot, there's a shady spot. Um, If you have access to the Internet, I would try uh, the website that Wildflower Farms has, and I believe it is just wildflowerfarm.com. And um, Miriam Goldberger, who runs that company, has some very good information on working with wildflowers, which may or may not be appropriate where you are. Some municipalities are very unhappy if there's a lot of wild and messy-looking plants at the front, and they want to see a more tidy-looking plant situation. So... um, You know, for the sun, it's easy to grow from seed, things like cosmos and marigolds. For the shade, it's reasonably easy to grow from seed, let me think, (laughs) for the shade from seed. See the smoke emanating from our ears right now? Typically (laughs) in the shade, some of the things we grow don't grow from seed that well. And, you know, you will need some shrubs, and it's hard to grow shrubs from seeds. I would also take a look. You remember, we're coming to that season, right? Start with some pansies, and then we'll move into the regular growing season. Right now it's still cool, so we're working with cool season plants like pansies. But in the next month, the garden centers, loblaws, longos, everybody's going to have all kinds of plants for sale. And they'll have some small little boxwood, which grow nicely in the shade, or, you know, some wood 
Argilla can do nicely in a part shade, part sun. And these are structural plants that will give you a look year-round and fill some of that space where you want to eliminate the lawn, which is, I don't blame you at all. I'm always doing that at my place. <laughs> Shrinking the lawn, expanding the gardens. It's the, that's what we do. <laughs> it's what gardeners do. So thanks for your call and, and best of luck with that. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we have lots of uh, folks ready to talk to you, Charlie, including June right here in Toronto. Hi, good morning, June. Thank you for taking my call on a beautiful day. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I just wanted to ask you, I have two um, big cedars we put in about 15 or 20 years ago in front of my front window, and they're getting kind of out of control. They're getting too bushy now. So I'm wondering, is this the right time now to trim them? <laughs> It's a great question, actually, and we've had this before. Bottom line is not yet. The time to trim your cedars is when they are actively growing. That's going to be at least a month to six weeks from now. So that's number one. Number two, when you plant cedar or cedars, any evergreens, particularly in front of a front window, remember, you've got to stay on top of maintaining them. You can't let them grow for 20 years and then all of a sudden go in and start giving them a haircut. It's ongoing pruning for shape and size because these plants will continue to grow no matter what. Even when you are pruning them, they'll slowly get bigger. But if you're not pruning them, then they, it, to start now after 20 years, you're going to expose a lot of dead wood and it's not going to be a very pretty plant and I would recommend typically in that situation get rid of the old plants particularly at the front of the house it's not doing your house any favors it's not doing you know the window any favors there's no light getting in it's not attractive get rid of the old ornamentals only last for 15 to 20 years so eliminate and replace with some fresh new ones and maintain them we put them there because we get a very very hot sun come through that window and we mm. kind of put them there to start with to mm-hmm. kind of shade it a little bit you know but right now they're beautiful but they're i wondered if we trim them we see all that brown it won't it won't the new growth wouldn't cover that up would it like well that's the thing with cedars they don't sprout new growth from everywhere they only sprout from the tips so that's why you will shear them which you can do which will take them back yeah half an inch maybe all around the entire plant but if you try and like take the top off which sometimes people say oh I want to lower the the height by three feet you do that now you will just end up with a bunch of dead wood which will slowly fill in but it will take time you know it'll be one of those new growth will slowly cover that in but I'm not bushy just kind of make them thinner like looking you know mm. like a, uh, they're so bushy now mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter about the height right. really so i didn't know whether to maybe we should try it and see and if yeah. not we'll have to take them out i guess well that's but, right and there's like yeah. you just you want those long blades the, the pruners with you know yeah. the edward scissor hands the big long uh, she, they're called shaping shears and you are going to use those to trim the sides of the plant making it a more narrow plant but you don't want to go past where it's green so you'll go in like i said sort of half an inch all the way around the entire plant okay thank and that you. will help thank you very much for your help you're very welcome thanks Bye. june take care of the rest of toronto and well speaking of spots how about sunderland mm-hmm. uh and i'm trying is it highway seven that uh you're so, located yeah. on judy Hi, Judy. Good morning. Hi, Frank. Yeah, yeah. we're just um, we're a little bit south of Sunday. We're two concessions out. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering about uh, the soil mm-hmm. after this impatience virus. I've got a huge mm-hmm. garden of impatience. Mm-hmm. Is, are the flowers going to be affected if I plant them? Like what? No, but that's a great question to bring that up. It's actually not a virus. It's a mildew. It's called 
downy mildew, oh. which has has caused the impatience that we have planted for years and years and years, and it was the number one bedding plant, to just die overnight in our gardens. Yes. And you're right, the downy mildew spores of that mildew will stay in the soil for years and years. They're thinking about five years. So there's no opportunity for you to grow any impatience for the next five years anyway, unless they can breed a resistant variety, which they so far have not been able to do. However, you can plant lots of other plants and know they will not be affected by the downy mildew. Oh, wonderful. So one of the great ones we're going to see a lot of, um, you know, I think a lot of sort of uh, press and um, sort of buzz around are the New Guinea or Sunshine Impatience. Uh-huh. Many of those do very well in part sun, part shade. So they won't do, they won't give you a lot of flowers in deep shade the way Impatience used to, but they will certainly give you a lot of beauty in those half day sunshade situations. Um, so New Guinea or Sunshine Impatience, there's a lot of new varieties of those out. Number two, Coleus. Great plant. Many of them do very well in quite low light. Uh-huh. It's all about the leaves, right? There's no flowers to speak of. It's just beautiful, different varieties. There's every color, the rainbow just about, of coleus out there. That will be a, a popular substitute. Um, fuchsia. And then probably the most obvious uh, substitute or alternative to regular impatience are the begonias. There's fibrous begonias, there's tuberous begonias. All of them will flower quite beautifully in low light conditions. Okay. So the, the seeds then that, if you get impatient seeds, they will not have this this mildewy. They should not. <laughs> but if you've had any um, impatience collapse in your garden, assume you have the mildew on site. So, so is there it, anything I should be doing special to that soil? That, uh, no, no. Just wait. It will eventually, the, the spores will die as long as they have nothing to live on. Yeah. And if you were going to grow impatience yourself from seed, you would have had to start those seeds back in January. Oh, well, I won't be doing that then. Yeah, just, I mean, I mean, just nothing saying you couldn't start them today. The problem is they won't bloom till probably September, October. And that's okay. assuming they even survive that long. Because yeah. like I say, if, if the downy mildew is somewhere on your property, you know, it was something died somewhere and you used a trowel to mix up that soil and move to another spot before you I know it. I think it was in the flock. Uh, Phlox is powdery mildew. That's that oh, white. It's a different mildew. Yeah, it's a totally different mildew. Ah. Oh, yeah. Every disease is different. <laughs> and they're, they're very specific. They have sp- very specific hosts. And the regular impatience, it's all about the, the downy mildew. So avoid impatience. Will do. Okay, but good thank luck. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Right. Thank you, Judy. Enjoy the day. Okay, you oh, bet. we will. And what a gorgeous <laughs> day it is, too. It's nice good. and sunny. Oh, oh man. yeah. And it's finally going to be that day where we're going to, okay, get the fan raked down from the rafters, get out there, <laughs> and start raking all that debris that's showed up on she our lawn. She just lawns. can't wait to <clears throat> get you to work, huh? Out of that, get your bum out of that chair and get out there in the garden. Well, i got to get home and crack the whip on my family. <laughs> Poor Elliot. I've oh, got, boy. Got, yeah, fan <laughs> rake for everybody. Just drop by any time. I've got a rake just for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Charlie's going to be back to put you to work in just a couple of moments. I uh, have to take a little bit of a break here. AM 740 Zoomer Radio, the best, the only, and sometimes the unexpected. AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
And here we go uh, for the rest of the show. <laughs> it all rhymes. Oh, you just I full know, of them today. I know. <laughs> you, know you laid awake last night coming up with little rhymes. Uh, and hello to Pauline. Ooh, I hurt my spleen. Oh, no. What am I saying? <laughs> Pauline in, in yeah. Toronto. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Pauline. Um, I had, this is my second attempt to grow an aloe vera. I'd like to get them to be really like the humongous ones. Mm-hmm. And the first one that I had was doing very well successfully, had all kinds of babies, mm-hmm. which I transplanted. And then all of a um, sudden it went like the root system almost came out of the pot and, and there wasn't that much root system. No, they so are So now I'm shallow. on the second one, which is one, one of, of the babies, mm-hmm. a few of them, and it's doing quite well and starting to get larger, mm-hmm. but it's floppy. And I don't know, should I be giving it a fertilizer to uh, promote root, root growth? Because, and I make sure I don't water in the center. You know what I mean? Right, good idea. Is Do you have the aloe vera planted in a terracotta pot? I do. Good. And make sure it's a very well-drained soil. Uh, uh, I did that too. And, you and can I even... also have a like one of those tall, longer pots. So it would have, and I put it a little um, below the rim so that it would have a little depth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know what's wrong. Well, okay, what's wrong is, yeah, what you're trying, you're kind of fighting Mother Nature on this. The aloe vera is a very shallow rooted plant. Uh-huh. It is a succulent, so uh-huh. it maintains lots of moisture in its leaves, mm-hmm. even when the soil is bone dry at the base. Mm-hmm. So you're right, that trick about it, it tending to kind of flop over, I think the best way to try and avoid that is make sure you're always turning the pot in the window. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, it's a 180 degree turn every once a week or you know at some mm-hmm. consistent point so that you're getting even growth be very careful with your watering that you allow it to go completely dry between waterings that, yeah. and even um feel the leaves so that we feel the leaves of the aloe vera squeeze lightly between your thumb and your finger uh-huh. you want the leaves of the aloe vera to be soft before you water. As long oh, okay. as they're firm, you do not water. Okay. Now, they can be soft because of overwatering, so just make sure that the soil is dry and the leaves are soft, and mm-hmm. then it's thorough watering, watering right down, you know, so it drains right through the drainage hole, mm-hmm. and then no more watering until, again, you're back to that dry point. I have old aloe vera in my southern-facing living room. I bet you I water them twice a year, you know, and they're it's oh, like a, really? a 10-inch clay pot. You know, I'd twice a year, maybe if they're lucky. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I've been um, um, letting it go quite dry and wondering if mm-hmm. that was a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, oh. you, you will never kill an aloe vera with lack of water, but you will definitely kill an aloe vera with too much. Right. Okay. So the point is is to keep and and does it need a lot like full sun, a lot of sun? The sunnier, the better. I see. Yep. And keep turning it about yeah. once a week. About once a week, turn 180 degrees. And the reason you're doing that is to try and encourage a balanced growth so right. that you can avoid that floppiness. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for your call. Interesting call, uh, as all callers really are, here on AM740. Mm-hmm. As you chat with Charlie here on a Saturday morning in a butte, as we've said before. Now, Jenny in Meriton, which is just actually it's part of St. Catharines, I do believe, but uh, it has its own personality, Meriton does. Exactly. We have our own personality. How are you this morning, Frank? Uh, exactly. I'm <laughs> fine, thank you, you very remember much. remember me from Meriton? You know, the, the name r- rung a bell. and uh, Try Hallett. Oh, 
gosh, yeah, Terry. Terry right. Hallett had a wonderful yeah, little die pub. for me, will you? I will do. I I've will been do. Sick for a few years, and I haven't been. I've been listening, but I haven't called in. Well, bless your okay. heart. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, um, I Jenny. I a question. Uh-huh. I seen a plant a few years ago, and I kept going back and going back. The woman ended up passing. She was going to save me some seed. She said it comes up from seed every year. Mm-hmm. This baby had to be four feet tall, mm-hmm. and it had monster clusters of purple flowers that hung down, but it wasn't like a wisteria. It almost looked like one of those coxcombs, you know? Mm, yeah. You know what that is? That, it's called amaranthus. i never, ever seen it, and I've been trying to find it forever. Well, it is. You, you know what? You should be able to find the seeds now in any of, like, a good garden center or any of the home stores that are selling seeds. The proper name is amaranthus. Just, um, common names include names like... Joseph's coat of many colors because many of the amaranthus have multicolored leaves. But the one I think you're talking about is one called Love Lies a Bleeding. And it's that what long is that? Love? love lies, L I E S, a bleeding. And then what it I've is. I've never is, seen anything. It was yeah. gorgeous. I kept going yeah. back for two years. Yeah. And, and, funny, and I spoke to the lady, it was an elderly lady, and then she ended up passing. Uh, and I was so upset, I didn't know where to find, find it. Do you know if that plant is still growing on that property? Like, have you? Was I it have there? No, idea. no idea. I haven't been by there like over a year, oh, almost okay. two years myself. Because so. I was going to say, it, uh, it will come up from seed every spring from the mother plant if the mother plant is left out in the garden over the winter. The seeds yeah. will scatter and come up. Sometimes they can become a bit invasive, actually. Uh, so that if you, know, if you could get out there and see if some is coming up, that would be an easy way to get a hold of the plant. But it is, it's quite amazing. It looks really soft, like a, like a chenille oh, bedspread. I, never see, I actually stopped the car, got out, walked up, yeah. looked at it, thought... Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. So Amaranthus uh, caudatus is the proper name. But bottom line is you should be able to get that seed without too much trouble. I didn't know. I'm trying to explain it. People looking at me like, okay, what are you smoking, lady? (laughs) No, it it looks like a big red teddy bear. I know I I have small children come up on my front lawn every year to touch this plant that looks so soft, but when you touch it, it's not as soft as you think it's going to be. Well, that's like two years back. The girlfriend gave me some of those night-blooming primrose. Oh, yeah, nice. And all the kids in the neighborhood used to come over and want to see my magic flowers that would open Open in the dark and smell really beautiful. Well, They're good. gorgeous. Nice. Thank okay. you so much. You're very I, I've welcome. I'm trying to find the name of it. All right. So Amaranthus, A-M-A-R-A-N-T-H-U-S. Thank you so much. Have Thanks, a great Jenny. Day. You too. Have a wonderful sunny day. Thank you, Jenny, uh, and for mentioning Terry Hallett's name. That's one of my favorite memories. Really? Yeah, he had a little place called Hallett's, mm-hmm. and a little pub, mm-hmm. and everybody and was in Meriton, and everybody would go there and just have a good time because he was such a riot. He in could Merton? never remember in anybody's Merit? name. Where's Meriton? Oh, it Merit? is part of St. Catharines, actually, oh, but they, are, they jealously guard their own name, you know? <laughs> and, and we were playing golf one time. Terry had arranged his golf course, and the golf course, one of the golf courses, they're right in town. It's intersected by a railway. Mm. So you sometimes have to wait for the train to go by in order to play the rest of the, you know, the train doesn't wait for holes. you? No, well, that's <laughs> the part. He actually arranged... Uh-huh. With an engineer. To stop the train. No, he, he was waiting until I was just going to come in the downswing, uh-huh. and he gave the signal to the engineer, and he, boop, let the horn go. Jeez. And the 
Ball went about 150 yards in the wrong direction. <laughs> and he was on the ground laughing. I'm I bet. You. Great guy, great guy. Sounds hilarious. It, it sounds like a guy I would really like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything to get Proctor. Ah, oh, yeah. That's right. Hey, John in Mississauga, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Frank. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing, John? Always uh, nice to hear from you guys. And you. Um, thank you. Uh, like usual, Charlie, I, uh, you know, I talk about fruit trees mm-hmm. because they are, you know, they're my pastime. I know. Uh, I think I told you I have nine of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I already sprayed twice with uh, dormant oil and lime sulfur. I sprayed Wednesday, last Wednesday, and this Wednesday. Okay. Um, but now, uh, when is the next one? What am I going to use? Because last year I used Bordeaux, uh-huh. and to be honest with you, it didn't work for me. Okay, so remember what Bordeaux is. It's a fungicide. Uh-huh. And the reason you're going to use Bordeaux is because you anticipate fungal diseases are uh-huh. going to start to thrive due to either time of year or weather conditions. There's not going to, Bordeaux's not going to touch any insects. It's only uh-huh. going to uh, try and prevent fungal diseases. So, uh-huh. okay, so interesting you've used the dormant spray already. Now, obviously it was above zero during the day, and it stayed above zero overnight, both those nights. Uh-huh. I'm asking because I don't remember. No, 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 it did. It okay, did. good. And especially, there was no rain. Uh, Charlie, sort of interrupt you, especially Wednesday. I, I did, to be honest with you, I did it in the afternoon, and but... Uh, I use quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, but to, to tell you now, I don't know, but how about malathion then? You can't use that. It's against the law. Well, it, it, they're selling it at Canadian Tires. I know. Okay, so there oh, are... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. They're selling things like Roundup as well. But by law, they are not allowed to sell that for the cosmetic use of anybody's garden. Those things can be used in the case of, like for wasps. They've got the malathion because wasps can be a problem or bees when people are, are uh, allergic. Yeah, and, and I have that too. Yeah, Roundup wasps. is out there for poison ivy and some of those noxious weeds that can be a real problem as well. Uh-huh. So technically, they can't just sell you that malathion. You have to swear on a Bible and say uh-huh. that you're going to use it for something that's... Uh, a really big problem. Uh-huh. Um, and also, remember as well, we never, ever, ever spray our fruit trees when they're flowering. So what you've done is brilliant. Have you pruned them as well? Oh, yes. Okay, big perfect. Yes. Perfect. So they're pruned, they're sprayed, yes. and now you're going to keep an eye on them because I, I can see my buds are starting to swell on my ornamental pear and on my roses. Things are starting to get a little bit shiny. You know, growth is, is happening as the ground starts to thaw. Yes. So you're going to wait until the flowers have done their thing, the pollination has happened. The flower petals have dropped. Uh-huh. And then you'll be in a position, based on weather, to spray the next spray. And the big question is, what can that be? And that's a good question. So I'm going to report back to you on that next week. Uh-huh. Okay? Okay. Because you're not going to use any dormant spray at that point. But your lime sulfur is available as a fungicide. Obviously, soap and pyrethrins are available as, a, as an insecticide. And as you point out, the Bordeaux is also available as a fungicide. So it, it does take a little more, you know, that whole IPM. You've heard of IPM, Integrated Pest Management? IPM, no. Yeah. Okay, so Google that next chance you have a few minutes at the computer. Oh, I, yeah, okay. IPM stands for Integrated Pest Management. Okay. And it's all about managing your pests. Uh-huh. Right? You can't kill them all, so don't even try. But you do want to manage them so you'll get a good crop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because, t- to be honest with you, last year, believe me, from one tree, I had 18 boxes of apples. Wow. 18. Excellent. Sounds okay. like you're doing something right. Yeah, but, but, but 
uh, first of all, they were small ones because I, you know, I thin them, but not not enough. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, the tree is a little bit, you know, it's, it's a standard tree. Mm-hmm. Right? So and now I tree. chopped it on the top, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, some of, some of them they got a lot of insects inside. Sure. So I'm, I, I hope I'm not, lo- you know, fighting a losing battle, so to speak, right? Well, you're not. I think it, part of it is recognizing that there will be uh, some fruit that will be infested and we'll use it for things like applesauce or apple cider. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah uh, I, use, I use it a lot for juice. Yeah. I'm still making juice from the apples now. Really? Uh, That's great. Charlie, yeah. All right. So, okay. so we don't have anything for pests uh, uh, anyway? No. We do not. I mean, we oh do, but we, it has to be used very, very carefully and appropriately in terms of knowing which bug and pest is coming when. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk a little bit more about this next week, why don't we? I'll oh, start I, the I'll, show. I'll be, I'll be listening. All righty. Thank Good. you very much. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. You see how uh, Charlie hooks him into the show next week? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a part answer right now. Next week, after do some homework and stuff like that. Nah. No, no, you're going to do the homework for me. Okay. Well, I will, as a matter of fact. Oh, I know you will. I've been doing my homework because it's time for me to do my finger push-ups. Only finger push-ups? Finger, yeah, I'm what? just, I'm what? easing into my day. I'm <laughs> That's easing in preparation into, for I've the golf game, I've got my two right? little forefingers here and I'm <laughs> pushing them up and down, up and down. There. That, I tell oh, you, that friend, oh, he's, work, he's breaking into I, a sweat. I might break, I might. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> okay, so why is Frank doing finger push-ups <laughs> and sweating while he's doing it? Switching to the thumbs. But he's smiling because he's pain-free. <laughs> now, that's because both Frank and I take Cerasil, a complete natural mineral supplement which keeps our joints oiled and lubricated and not hurting whatsoever so we can get out in the garden and out in the golf course and in the case of Frank you know off to his kickboxing classes and uh, just not be whining and crying while we're having fun so for more information sierrasil.ca give them a call 1-877-JOINT-14 or pick up Sierrasil at many health food stores uh, okay, give me an example of a health food store because I lost my list. Oh, oh, goodness me. Uh, uh, Noah's Natural Foods. Actually, there is one called Goodness Me F- Natural <laughs> Foods as well. <laughs> yeah, there is Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton, See? and Waterdown. I knew. Well, well I knew done. That. That's what I said. <laughs> trying to complete the thought for you, but you didn't pick up on it. Yes, I and did. And just the way the IPM thing, what's that stand for again? Integrated Pest, Pest Management. It, when you said it, you looked right at me. <laughs> I'm telling you, Integrated Pest Management. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, along with James Patrick Dooley, who answers the telephones and gets everybody lined up, I'm bidding you a good Saturday morning. And it is Charlie, isn't uh, it beautiful? It's going to be a there. gorgeous day. Emmy in Woodstock will be with us momentarily. You wanted to mention something? Uh, oh, I had Alfredo? a quick email. Yes. I just wanted to share with everyone because I know this is a question on people's brains uh, from Karen. Would you please tell me when in the spring to fertilize my evergreen trees? Is there a certain temperature that dictates this? And she would like to use Miracle Grow 281010 Evergreen and Acid Loving Plant Food. And is this appropriate? So, 
You know it's time to fertilize your evergreens and any of your plants in the spring once they begin to actively grow. Now, active growth means you're seeing new green growth on things. It's not happening yet because the ground is still Uh thawing. So it's not appropriate to fertilize anything yet, but it will be soon. Depending on maybe if you're listening in St. Catharines, it could be appropriate there. But certainly where I live north of Toronto... Nothing is really growing other than the crocuses, and I'm not too worried about uh, fertilizing them. So in the next, yeah, four weeks, we'll be out there fertilizing all of our garden plants, our lawns, our evergreens, our trees, our shrubs. For evergreens, absolutely. miracle Grow 281010 uh, for evergreens, an acid-loving plant food is perfect for some cedars, it sounds like, or evergreen trees. Also perfect for rhododendrons. Uh, magnolias, blueberries, hydrangeas, mm. anything that's acid-loving. All righty. Okay. Good enough. Let's uh, check Thank in to you, see Karen. what's uh, going on in Woodstock there with Emmy. Hi, Emmy. Hi. We have two gooseberry bushes that we have to transplant, and I'm just wondering when the best time would be, spring or fall? Spring if you can do it. Spring if we can they're quite prickly. I know. I know. And the, the reason why I would, I would transplant them in the spring is because when you're lifting them, you're going to always leave some roots behind. There's no way we can ever take the entire root mass when we move something. So that is a, very appropriate to cut the plant back at the same time to balance out the loss of root. We cut back some of the top growth. And of course, the spring is the right time to be pruning your gooseberries. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. And boy, uh, we do have time for one more caller, but it's got to be really quick. Uh, Diane in Scarborough. Hello there. Hi. I'd like to know, I have pansies in containers on the porch. Mm -hmm. Do I bring them in when it dips below zero on Tuesday and Wednesday night? Excellent question. Or can I just cover them up? Nope. Don't even cover them. Just water them thoroughly and leave them alone. They will hand... going like minus five at night? Are they in a spot where it might get wind? Um, yeah, a little. Could you just bring them in under cover so they'd be under, say, a, a bit of a roof or an overhang? Yeah, or so I don't have to cover them with a plastic or no, tarp? No, try not to ever cover with plastic. Plastic is never the first choice for covering plants. The oh. best way to protect them from frost is just get them in under uh, an overhang or tuck them in under a table. Or, but oh, make sure, Yeah, make sure they are not lacking in water. Plants will withstand cold or extreme temperatures best when they're well watered. And in the case of frost, because it comes from the sky and it drops down, basically, and it's the cold that drops down, if you tuck the plant in under cover, the frost won't hit it, and the pansies are fine. They're super tough. Thank you so very much. (laughs) You're so very welcome. (laughs) Thanks for joining the show, Diane. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye now. I know, it's so cute. eh? People, they worry. You know, it'll be like the bulbs coming up. I mean, I've got daffodils. I've got, obviously, crocuses blooming, but I've got daffodils starting to show color and tulips, and frost is coming. So even my neighbor said yesterday, what about the frost? What about all these bulbs? Aren't they going to freeze? I was like, no, they'll be fine. By the way, a note from my wife, Di. Yes. To you, yes. Charlie, about the medellina plant. Medanilla. Medanilla. Yes. Sorry. Uh, it's called a chandelier because it's it called kind of, a, Yeah, it, sort of. A, they call it a, a, um, a Malaysian orchid. Yeah. Yeah, it's the pink, droopy. But she called it the name. Yes, she has she's named, named it. it. Prism. Oh, prism. Nice. Prism, because it's like a chandelier, and yeah. you know, for her anyway. Yeah. But it's a beautiful plant, and she's taking good care of it. I'm glad to hear. As long as you're not taking care of it, it'll be no. fine. No, <laughs> I. 
No, I, I kill plastic plants. It's, we know. It's well known. It's uh, documented. Yeah. I saw it on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Frank, for being such a good sport. Thanks, J.P. Dooley, for being such a great support person. Thanks to all of our great callers. And you're here for the rest of the afternoon or uh, No, I'll later? be back at uh, 2.30 for oh. Grants International, where we help get money back from the government for you if you've got a disability. So you have a long break. <clears throat> yeah. You're going to go a have break. a big brunch somewhere and... I might go home and lay down again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nap time. But it, you could come to my house and grab a rake. Oh, gee. No, you know, Di told me I, I've got to do a few <laughs> things at home. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Charlie. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.